What's up, party people, and welcome to the podcast. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. So if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, email us at brownandproudpodcast at gmail.com. Share the podcast with your friends and be sure to follow our Instagram page for more updates. New episodes dropping weekly. Brown and Proud. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode three of Brown and Proud Podcast. Um, I think today we have a special, not special, but like an Im- important podcast lined up, at least in my eyes. Um, today we're talking about the recent movement of Black Lives Matter. It wasn't all recent, but um, as of today, July 3rd, you know, um, we've had in the past month so many um, peaceful protests. And along with those peaceful protests came all this looting and stuff, but um, that's not what we're focusing on. We're focusing on police brutality today. Um, So I think um, one thing we can talk about is, um, well, obviously there's the the people who were um, killed um, that brought about all this uh, um, movements, all all these movements and... um, a wish for change. Um, so, I mean, the first name on our minds would be George Floyd, right? He was, um, mm-hmm. um, I think he was using a counterfeit bill, but um, he was arrested and he was handcuffed. And even then there was um, force put on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And like something yeah, that, that should never happen with a trained police officer. So I think the first, topic should be um should we defund the police and i think um at least i i 100 agree with that like obviously not to the point where they're completely useless like i know there are people out there that believe that society can do well without um cops but as of right now where there's still a system of mass incarceration and some other system where um you know the the there's something happening in the back where we, where we don't realize we need something in place that holds criminals accountable. And I'm not saying George Floyd was criminal. Uh, obviously, something like a, using a counterfeit bill, it, it, it is illegal, but like... Um, it should not be a murder. It should There's be... no way anyone should have lost their life that day. Yeah, because yeah of exactly. That exactly. And um, similar with all these other things, Breonna Taylor, dude, that whole... It's stupid. That's how, even worse. That's even worse, man. You shouldn't. No one should be scared. And uh, as as brown kids, we don't live in fear like black people do. But it, it's impossible for us to think or live in that fear that they do. Like she was sleeping and she was still shot and killed in her own own home, which is stupid. It's it's outrageous. So. Um, the question, should we defund cops? You guys have your opinions? I think we should, at least. Maybe not, like, completely like you said, but, like, defund them. And also, I think they need to be trained better. For example, like, it takes longer to, I believe, become a barber than become a cop. Hmm. Like, becoming yeah, yeah. cop yeah, is like a little that. summer camp. Yeah, I saw the comparison about, like, the training of police officers in different countries. And, like, the U.S. has obviously the least, like Yash was saying, it's like a summer camp. It's, um, I don't know how long it is, but I think it's, like, 20-some weeks. 
something like that. And in other countries, it's a lot longer. It's like a year or two. And that, See, I mean, that just yeah, shows. It, it brings about the um, the question of like, how are these cops dealing with mental issues? Because if they're scared for their lives that a black person in front of them might be holding a gun, then they're not fit to be cops, right? That begs the question of like, aren't they trained for situations like this where people in front of them are holding guns, right? And even if they're not, and you see their hands in the air, what's the point of shooting? Why are you scared for your life at that point? If they're in bed sleeping, why are you scared for your life? Yeah, Because they're trained to act before an incident is supposed mm-hmm. to happen, which honestly makes zero sense to me because the, the, well, the, the role of a cop has changed from to protect the citizen to enforce the law, which in and of itself is up for debate as well. But uh, like you said, the training regimen of the cop is so short that when they're put into this position of authority, they're doing all in their power – to, well, it's not necessarily flex their position, but to force their position on to everyone around them. Yeah. Okay. So then, why why should these cops, you know, be scared for their lives? They they've gone through a training, and the, obviously, twenty minutes or twenty twenty weeks, not nice. twenty minutes. Yeah. Twenty weeks is a no. stupidly low amount for someone who's supposed to protect the people. And we we go back to that question of are they protecting or are they enforcing the law? And it's just it's honestly dumb where this uh, society comes in or, or how the police force in this society, in American society, works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, and then in that very short training period that they have, they have little to none of the actual de-escalation portion of any incident that they have. Because mm-hmm. like when they arrive on scene, of course they're going to have their hands on their weapons. But I, in my belief, they're, they're thinking about shooting before anything that's what that's just what is going into my mind because like mm-hmm. the brianna taylor incident they didn't even check if it was the right apartment or not right they just it was went the in wrong and started apartment. shooting right that's honestly it, it's crazy dude um and There's i think to that. Go ahead. No, no no go ahead go ahead no go ahead <laughs> okay well i was gonna say like these these cops who are mainly white um for the most part um, I don't know. They just it, it it brings about this racial injustice, right? Like they just think that oh they're black, that means they might have a gun, and and I I know we talked about earlier how like um it splits down the line of mm-hmm. liberal and conservative, and like how it shouldn't be about politics, but it is. It, and I I do not see why the freaking process of dealing of a life that's lost has to do anything with politics i i don't like think how how does the black lives matter movement versus the all lives matter movement have to be so politically tied okay. i just don't understand I, that. I i see why it's politically tied it's it's not uh, at least from my eyes like obviously i'm more liberal than probably all three of you guys but mm-hmm. i would say that it's it becomes politically tied when these white people stand up for Blue lives matter, and all lives matter. And then they go on to support people like Trump, who then post on Twitter um, videos of people saying white supremacy. Right? It becomes tied like that. It's like a slow chain. 
and like obviously we got it there's extremes on both sides right i'm not saying that the left is free from those extremes but like yeah, there's always a radical left there's the always radical, a radical right? but yeah. like in today's in american society i would say from my point of view that there's a lot more radical right than radical left and it shows because you got all these people right let me just take it back to when we had protests at the capitol for wearing face masks right we're still in the middle of a damn pandemic right yeah. and people were protesting they didn't want to wear face masks at that time those same people mainly white people i don't know if there was anyone else but every video picture i saw was white people holding ak40 not ak47s but ars mm-hmm. right like they brought ars to the capital they were protesting that was during in, the the mask protests yeah, yeah like in the very beginning like when yeah. lockdowns first started right you saw people holding ARs, holding pistols, holding things, holding weapons in front of the cops, in front of the Capitol, and threatening to shoot if they took away their rights to uh, not leave the house. Not, not, it wasn't about wearing a mask at that time. It was lockdown. Oh, okay. It was lockdown. It was, it was a locked sheltered down. place. Yeah. yeah, now look what happened. The case and, has no, risen so much, too. It, yeah, yeah, that's a whole different topic. But then you see these peaceful protesters, right, at the Black Lives Movement. Um, obviously I think there were some lootings done by people who I think were identified as white people who just took advantage of the black lives matter movement. Yeah. They weren't associated with, they the weren't associated with at all. Yeah. They weren't associated with that protest, but these people, these peaceful protesters holding up signs are still ridden with rubber bullets and tear gas. Tear gas. And mm-hmm. it's insane how it becomes a very, very political thing when the leader of a nation that's in turmoil, like this one, supports does not. That. He doesn't. Um, yeah, he supports first of all the tear gassing. I don't know if you all saw that video of him walking to uh, across the street from the White House to the to, um, the to the church, and he's like, "Yeah, it was all peaceful here. It was all peaceful, you know." And he was holding a Bible upside down, right, <laughs> to show that you know he he it was all good and well at the Capitol. But in reality, there was, there was a huge protest in front of the Capitol. And then he, because he wanted to walk down the street to take a picture with the Bible, he had police tear gas, those peaceful protesters tear gas them. He can, yeah, he can create the scene however he wants. Yeah. And it's just insane how he doesn't recognize. Obviously I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's just, um, I don't know what he's doing. Honestly, at this point, it, it really confuses me, right? right. Um, but it, it's it's honestly insane, right? It becomes a political worse thing things at that in point. the past, too. Like, uh, do you remember? I don't remember their names, but there were, like, four black children who were, like, falsely arrested for the rape of some a girl. And he was trying to induce the death penalty upon them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm trying to... No, 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 no. This was back in, like, it was so long ago, but um, for uh, it, it's also like another thing that really like makes it political and um, a problem with the conservatives is you know how there's protests going on in um, Hong Kong as well, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yep, yep. Well, Republicans have been saying, even Trump tweeted out this that China should let the Hong Kong protesters protest in peace. <laughs> because they're trying to do it for rights, right? Their own right to live in a democracy. Trump 
tweeted that out. I will find the tweet <laughs> and, and then... show it to you guys. But then he, the same thing is happening here where these black people and uh, non-white um, allies, is that, I think that's the right term, non-white allies people are protesting. Of color. People of color. I, I think that's a, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but non-white allies. I think that's that's the right one. But they're protesting peacefully and he's doing exactly what China's doing and being a hypocrite about it. You know? Yeah. This dude is it's, confusing. It's a difficult it was a, situation. So, Yash, you were talking about the Central Park Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Central like, Park or, Five. Yeah, the five, the five kids that got falsely arrested. Yes. And then he tried to get the death penalty onto them. He tried, and they were all black. Yeah. And, all it, the, and that chick was lying, wasn't she? Yeah, she was lying, I believe. Um, Wait, up. so then what was the, like, the ending result? What was the judgment at the I end? I think they freed, but after like a long time. After a, a long time. Um, and obviously it messes with you two being held like that. Like, yeah, they couldn't no. have been the same after that. There were teenagers at the time, and they came out. This was in 18, uh, 1989. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was he way, ran, way before. No, no. He, in 1889, I keep saying 18, 1989, Trump ran an ad, a full-page ad, to reinstate the death penalty for the Central Park Five. So this was even suggesting... like way before he was even president. Yeah, yeah this, this was way before. He's suggesting that the men might still be guilty, even though they were exonerated years ago. What? Yeah, some whack-ass stuff going on. All right, so y'all, you two have recently seen The 13th. Yeah. Could you, like, share a little bit about, like, what it was about? Because I personally haven't seen it, and I'm planning on um, okay, I think Yosh has got this. He's it's I, fresh I was, on his mind. So I watched it like just today or and last night a little bit. So what happened was they kind of talked about how like like this racism it was it's like been rooted in history for years and years and years. Like even after the civil rights or before the civil rights movement, uh, what happened was uh, like white people were trying to they were like incriminating black people due to like a loophole in like clause 13 or, or amendment 13. And the loophole was basically like everyone has like your rights, right. But except for p- criminals. So what they did was lo- incriminate people of color so that basically they just became like, took away their freedom again. And this uh, documentary kind of showed how that like progressed throughout history. And uh Sagar, if you want to take it from there. Yeah, so pretty much um, after slavery ended back in 1800s, um, after the Civil War, there was the 13th Amendment that was written up. And it, as Yash said, there was a loophole where criminals could be used as pretty much slaves. Mm-hmm. And so after that came the Jim Crow laws. And then after that came this whole war on drugs, which I don't know if you guys know much about it, but it started with Nixon. Yeah, Nixon instated it. Nixon instated it. And pretty much the war on drugs was like planting or creating this new drug called crack cocaine mm-hmm. and spreading them in um, low-income neighborhoods, which at that time was mainly black communities. And as the term was used, ghetto, right? They were spread in ghettos. Mm-hmm. And and from then on out, you know, there's there became this whole thing with policing where – 
oh, if you don't want the bigger crime to happen, then you go for the smaller crime first, right? And so there was a new policy instated, like the broken window policy. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a policy, but like it's it's like the theory, broken window theory, where you know if you uh, cops then started um, patrolling low income neighborhoods, ghettos, and from there they would like try to crack down on drugs. It was mainly crack cocaine, and they would uh, incriminate black people, and so them incriminating these black men black boys, black, some black women, put them into the system of mass incarceration. And from then, it would pretty much be back to where it was 400 years ago with the whole slavery thing. Yeah, and it was, was it Nixon who started this, I believe? Yeah, Nixon started it, and I think Bill Clinton actually he, uh, he like... made another bill, which um, oh, made it? it even worse. I, I, I don't remember. I think, I'll, do you remember what it was? Me... Yeah, so... It's just like um, policing against um, black people has not started in the past 20 years. It's been there since, you know, all these laws came mm-hmm. up. And it's it's insane how, you know, it took the creation of an iPhone to record a video of someone being murdered for us to finally wake up and see that these people have gone through so much in the past 400 years and it still hasn't stopped. So yeah, yeah, that's like like I've read something. It's like it's not happening right now. It's been happening, but it's finally being filmed, and people are finally being open to see mm-hmm. it. They're getting the ability to see what's happening. Exactly. So that's why I think in the year 2020, that's why it finally erupted. Like people finally were able to see what is actually happening, and it blew up into proportions that we didn't even imagine that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like it's not even it, the the policing that happens now, right? Like the whole killing, right? It, it was probably there back then as well. But like now that there's video evidence of this stuff happening, it's still insane that you know some of these killers are still out there. These cops are still walking free, still policing the same neighborhoods that they policed when they killed the the kid or the the woman or the man from that neighborhood they're still policing those same neighborhoods it's it's insane how they're allowed to do that right yeah it yeah. seems like the people that are enforcing the law are somehow slightly above the law yeah, yeah. when they should be subject to it as well did you guys hear about the so going off of that did you guys hear about the san Fran, what san francisco's doing no i didn't about how so what they're doing is they're training cops as to like handle situations um with like the with like the criminal's psychology in mind mm-hmm. i forget what the term is but basically they're trained um to assess the situation first assess the person's psychology um and then play the role as a cop yeah and then i think i forget what the other city was but they were basically doing like community led um police programs or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of like the thing I have no clue where it is or if it's yeah. even in place yet, but like for any like mental health related case, they right. send a mental health specialist or expert on the scene before the yes. cops arrive. Yes, that that's what it was. And it was in San Francisco. I don't understand how it's happening just now when they realize that that should be happening in the first place cuz 
if it's a mental health related case, why would they send a cop who isn't even trained? If they if they aren't even trained in a de-escalation situation, they're not trained at all for a mental health related situation. Yeah. So they have no idea how to act. And like it's scary that um, cops in the U.S. need a minimum of a high school diploma yep, GED. and 21 week training. Like that's it. So you think the first step to a solution would be increase the training, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, increase the training, um, and then going back to the defunding. Honestly, like, like what was what was what was the APD budget? Okay, so the city we live in, they have. Um, I, hold on, let me look this up because. Um, Don't we also have like local? They, okay, and- so first of all, first of all, the city we live in, they increased spending for police even after everyone like you know petitioned and told the people in charge the council i think that we don't want apd to be funded because even in our liberal city right just think about this even in a city as liberal as this um as you could probably bleep out but austin right um we still have people shooting cops shooting at um, black people here i yeah. think someone back when protests were still happening mid-june early june there were cops that were shooting rubber bullets or i think they called them rubber sponges but e- either way like i don't know why people even in this city are um you know that afraid it was a peaceful protest at the capitol and it's just like um yeah, okay, so in our fiscal year of 2020, the largest chunk of the general fund budget, 39.9%, mm-hmm. was dedicated to the police department, pretty much, much giving APD about $434.4 million to work with. Damn. In one year. Million. A lot. In one in year? A million. In one year. In one year. It's for this fiscal year. That's, that's, that's crazy, much, dude. So, like, and look, I've seen some of these, um, uh, like, what they spend their budget on. Some mm. of it was, like, obviously they, quote-unquote, supplies and gear. Um, but then there was also, I think, 3000 spent on cheese puffs, right? <laughs> and someone pointed this out on Twitter. And, and APD immediately responded by saying, that's for the, the victims of sexual assaults and all these other things that are happening. So they bought all these uh, snacks and like, okay, that's okay. Right. That's okay. And then someone found the budget of, um, I think 18,000 spent on, no, 13,000 spent on skis, comma jets. What? Austin police department budget Someone they were spending thirteen thousand on jet skis. That's and so someone tweeted this out and APD immediately responded by saying, If you have any concerns, please submit questions through our government QA in a public <laughs> information request so we can get <laughs> it to the appropriate unit. Blah blah <laughs> blah. So it's just like a, it's just like Quite a response nice. to kinda of deter them. Yeah, so so immediately after the cheap cheese puff and snack stuff they responded by saying to clarify apd purchased three thousand dollars in snacks to have a better 
um, that have a long shelf life, like cheese and peanut butter crackers, granola bars, etc., for survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, stalking, and dating violence. Funding was provided by a federal grant for crime victims. And then the same person or someone else tweeted, uh, they found jet skis in their budget. And so then they replied with the whole happy, we're happy to look into concerns thing. Hmm. Jet what do they need jet skis for though that's what i'm saying no one's doing a murder out on travis you know what i'm saying you have no need to touch jet skis and yet it's what are you gonna funding. do on a jet ski anyways that's what i'm saying like it's just some some people said it's for water rescue which could make sense that that kind of makes sense but it seems like a bs response but thirteen thousand yeah, dollars. Even even though thirteen thousand out of that four hundred whatever million, even that's a still a small amount. That's just for jet skis. We don't know where the rest of the hundreds of millions of dollars are going. Yeah, it, it could be oh. they could be like general topics like gear or something like that. So this <laughs> is the twenty seventeen budget, I think. And someone there's also like so many um, other parts of the budget that say police equipment and supplies nineteen hundred. Police equipment and supplies, 28000 Police equipment and supplies, 5300 So, like, how much equipment are they using? Or how much equipment are they, like, consuming in a year that they need, you know, $434 million? Even you if a portion use, of that... You could easily take, like, dude, like, such a small fraction of that. You could help solve like the homelessness crisis here. Exactly, and so then that brings us back to this whole thing about like the underprivileged communities, the ones that are being policed, the broken window theory. That brings mm-hmm. us around to that full circle. Well, if we take just a quarter, less than a quarter of the spending that Austin Police Department has, mm-hmm. right, and put that into education, into funding for homelessness, all these other categories then that policing will go down, right? Yeah. Even and, the crime would go down. The crime would go down. If the education standard increases, if the quality of life increases, if the overall infrastructure of the city increases, overall crime will go down. So Then that yeah. brings us to the question of what's the point of police, right? I mean, so then that's why that is – it brings us – and then it brings us full circle to the whole system of mass incarceration. If you take out – if you take that budget and split it evenly among education, homelessness, all these other aspects, right, then the whole point of mass incarceration would go down. The people in the mass incar- – the population of mass incarcerated people would go down, and so then they wouldn't be making money off of that. And so and- it, beg- mm-hmm. it begs the question of like is, is – are these budgets in place for a reason? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think people are just taking advantage of them. And then you heard, you watched the documentary. You saw how, like, people are like the mass incarceration system. So many companies are just benefiting off of all the people in prison. And instead, no, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, that's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm saying. That whole government entity, Alex, right? Alec, yeah. A L E K S. Is it C S or K S? A L E K. A L E C. A-L-E-C, right? This whole company that make... The company, institution, something, whatever. It's a group of people that make laws for these senators to pass um, that pretty much keep people in the system. And so, like, that's just what I'm saying. Like, are are these budgets in place to make sure that 
this mass incarceration system is still in place. That's just what I'm saying. Like, it's just something that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. It becomes a conspiracy theory at some point, but like, there's evidence there. So I don't know if we want to, you know, <laughs> dig into that. That might but... be something we have no clue about. Yeah, because sure, I feel there's like that's a whole that's a whole different like... system of rabbit holes, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think one thing we can really quickly talk about is um, as brown people um, and whoever else is listening, um, uh, what we can do as um, uh, non-black allies, non-white allies, is it non-black allies or whatever. Supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement. Exactly. Supporters of the Black Lives Matter movement. What we can do to help people get out of the mass incarceration system or even to help the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think I don't think we can do anything that would actually directly affect them unless like somehow we like we we ended up going into a job or a field that would let us but like what we can do is probably just support the movement get our voices heard to try to get a change in government. Okay. Yeah. So like the first thing we could do is go out and vote. Right. I know Yep. Yosh isn't old enough yet, but the rest of us are. Um, so go out, vote, make sure you vote for the right people um, mm-hmm. that won't be supporting a larger APD budget, maybe. That would be one thing. Um, I think that is a very important thing because if you vote out those people, then you automatically have something changed, right? Yeah. Or some people that will help um, incur change. I think is that's right. Yeah, word. that's the right word. Um, okay. Another thing you could do is obviously we're not making much money right now. And I know a lot of people out there are not making money right now uh, because of this pandemic, but donating to the Black Lives Matter movement and any other racial injustice. I feel like even deleter. just like signing petitions could help. Signing as well. petitions is a huge one too because those petitions are what got um, George Floyd's murders convicted. Yep. Although they were posted on a bail for like $1 million and they got out. But that's a whole different thing, right? They were convicted of murder. Mm-hmm. I think second degree murder was his, like the main cop that knelt on him. I don't even want to say his name, but um, I think he was convicted of second degree murder, uh, which is, so So these petitions do help. And I know um, we're like a month late to the whole Black Lives Matter movement, but I think it's, we need to bring it back up. All these petitions that we were signing in the early June, mid June, mm-hmm. when you bring those back up, because I think Brianna Taylor's murders are still out there. They're walking free. Mm-hmm. Um, and the protests so, are still happening. Just protests the media are still isn't happening, showing yeah. it. The peaceful protests are still happening. Right. Yep. Yeah. I think another thing that we can do is just educate ourselves, honestly, because mm-hmm. not going to lie, like I wasn't educated about any of this um, when it all started. Right. Like, I, I kind of just turned a blind eye to it. And so I think that's, like, the very first step is educating yourself on the things that are going on and then moving on to next steps, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out, I, I screenshotted a tweet um, by at jollygood underscore fella. So far, they've painted um, Black Lives Matter on streets, canceled TV shows, 
for supposed black faces, made changes in sports, hired black people in executive positions, changed, vo- changed voice actors, expressed their support for Black Lives Matter, but they haven't held these officers accountable. I think that's a very, like, it's a powerful statement because they've done all these things to cover up their tracks, or at least mm-hmm. in my eyes. It, it seems like they're trying to put some dust over the whole murder thing and say, oh, yeah, right. we're, we're not racist. But mm-hmm. a big thing is we need to help hold these people accountable. I think uh, just a couple of the names we can talk about. Um, Tamir Rice, yep. Philando uh, Castile, Alton Sterling, all these people. They're, they're Eric Garner. Um, their uh, murderers are most likely walking free. Michael Brown, all these people. And so I think it's important that we sign these petitions, get our, vo- get our voices heard, vote out the racists, um, defund the cops, at least to some extent, right? Um, yeah, I, I know uh, that, that was a very heavy topic, but I think it was um, good for us to get that out there. And we don't, we don't speak for black people, but we, we wanted to show our support today. So Yeah, we just yeah. want to have a conversation talk about what was happening, what's going in our minds, uh, sharing Mm -hmm. it with whoever's listening. And Mm -hmm. yeah, remember, we can sign petitions, we can go to protests, but until we vote, until we make a change in our local, in our federal, in our state governments, nothing would happen. So remember, go out and vote. Right, exactly. Brown and proud, baby. Brown Brown and proud. proud. Brown and proud.